0: Grace, mercy, and peace be you from God, our Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text today's message comes from the New Testament reading of 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 3 through 12, as you heard a few moments ago. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, Moses, Zacchaeus, Paul, Samuel. You heard about all of them in the children's chat. All men who were called by God, by name, in extraordinary ways. A burning bush, a blinding light, in the middle of the night while you're sleeping. From a tree you had to climb because you were short in front of all the people. Sometimes we want to be in the shoes of followers like that. We want the spectacular. We want to hear God's voice loud and clear, calling us. We want a big sign from him like a burning bush, a blinding light, just so that we know for sure that it is God. The truth is, though, he has given us these things. He has given us the extraordinary. He's given us his voice because he's given us his word which is the good news of Jesus Christ. The writer of Hebrews says, Long ago, at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son. Here it is, right in front of you, the clearest message you read, the message of Jesus Christ that has been around for thousands of years. Oh, You wanted something more visible, something you can really see and not just like words on a page. Okay, fine. I present to you something visible yet very clear. It's water. I told you it was clear. Now here, this is just plain water. There's nothing special here. But when it is combined with God's word in the waters of baptism, then it becomes special. Because here is where God has called his baptized children by name. He's brought them into his family and into his kingdom, marking them as ones redeemed by Christ the Crucified. We've heard it in recent weeks, the significance of children, how valued they are by God, how Jesus welcomes them to himself, taking them in his arms. This invitation, this call by God, I don't think it can get any clearer than that. And this goes for someone who is baptized as an infant or even as an adult, because God calls his children young and old big and small, to the waters of baptism. And if that's not good enough for you, then you will be waiting around for a long time for something clearer. We have all been called by God to be his own. And our youth retreat this weekend focused on the idea of being called by God and seeing just who you are called to be. We started out asking the youth who they are, Many of them said, a child of God. Some gave their name. Some gave distinguishing characteristics about themselves. We then asked them, what defines them? The you in who are you became what defines that you. Answers like personality, genetics, actions, worldview, Thoughts, feelings, and religion rose to the top of the list. And when you think about something like being male or female, does that come from your genetics, biology, your thoughts and feelings? Or does it come from who God created you to be and what his word has to say? As you might know, feelings come and go, But God's word remains forever. He, of course, said the same thing, and Jesus affirms it, and that is, he has created us from the beginning as male and female. And as David writes in the Psalms, we are fearfully and wonderfully made because God knit us in our mother's womb. Once we start to get that God has much to speak to us about who we are, we want to understand more of who he has called us to be. So we asked the question and again got answers like, child of God. And then others mentioned something about sharing the word, the good news, the gospel. Or they talked about following God. We then looked, in God's word, at a number of verses for support of who God has called us to be, just to know for sure. And what you see are many things, and here are some of them. We are called to belong, to be holy, be perfect, believe, bear witness, love, be servants, pray for others, and many more. With this list comes the question of, are you perfect? Are you holy? Do you love God? Do you love others? Do you pray for them? Do you serve others by putting their needs and desires above your own? Do you love sacrificially? The answer, of course, is no. And if this is who, are, who you are called to be, then what prevents you from being who you are called to be? The answer, of course, is sin. That's the easy answer. And in more detail, it's temptation, the devil. We see it come in various forms through peer pressure or laziness or selfishness or focusing on our feelings. Because if it feels good, then then we should do it. Because anything that feels good can't be wrong. At the core, what prevents us is sin, and what's in store for those who sin is death, hell, damnation. We see that in Romans chapter 6 verse 23, that what we deserve for our sin is death. And in Revelation 21 8, those who sin deserve the second death, hell. Hearing that, What kind of hope is there for us? There isn't any, not in ourselves at least. And so we have to look outside ourselves. And we look at the cross. We look to Jesus. He came to restore us, redeem us. He bought us back from the dead, from hell, with his innocent suffering and death. He took hell for us to give us forgiveness, to give us life, to give us heaven. That is where our hope lies, in Jesus. And so in our sin, Jesus saves us. Romans 5, 8 says, But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. The next chapter, Romans six twenty three. says, says, yes, the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Then two chapters later, we see in Romans 8, 16, and 17, the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ. You are children of God. Christ died to bring you life. Christ died to give you the inheritance of eternal life. You are called by name in baptism. You are called to God in faith. So now what? Or we could say, how can you live as God has called you to live? Our theme verse for the retreat, which you heard in the New Testament reading, says, Fight the good fight of faith take hold of the eternal life to which you were called and about which you made the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. We are called to eternal life, and we're called to fight for our faith. And we turn to God's word again. Ephesians 6 tells us about the full armor of God, where we can defend ourselves against Satan's schemes. Colossians 3 tells us to put away sin, to do everything in the name of Christ. James chapter 4 verses 7 through 10 tell us to submit, to humble ourselves to God, to resist Satan. 1 Peter 5, 6 through 8 says humble yourselves, be alert. Matthew six thirty three says seek God's kingdom first. Romans 12, 2 tells us to not conform to to the world, kind of like that peer pressure stuff. Hebrews thirteen five calls us to not love money, to be content with what we have. First John one nine tells us to confess our sins because we are called to repentance. First Corinthians chapter six verses eighteen to twenty tell us to flee from sexual immorality because we were bought at a price. We cannot do these things on our own. We can only do them through God working through us to be who he has called us to be, and that's the thing. When God calls us to do something, he helps us to do it, because we are sinners, and he is perfect and powerful. The last thing I asked the youth to do was to write a letter to themselves, or a parent, or a friend, or me about not living your life how you are called to, and how through God's help you can live your life how God has called you to live. I wanted them to talk about their struggles, their sins, and how through Christ you can overcome them. I don't know what they did, but maybe some of you in this room will get that letter. I don't know because I didn't check. But what we did is we sealed it with wax so that you know no one else has opened it. I even wrote one. I wanted the youth to come up with me and be able to talk about some of these questions and answers. But since no one volunteered and I wrote this letter to myself and I don't know when I would read it otherwise. I thought the last thing that I would do for you this morning is read you my letter. So, I apologize in advance for whatever it says or however it comes across. Dear Glenn, it's October 20th, 2018, and you're at the Peace Youth Retreat. There is much to be thankful for in life. Andrea, Micah, ivy andrea's family being here in winnipeg peace lutheran church as difficult as it can be sometimes you are called to be here israel in january oh yeah i'm going to israel in january Uh, you'll hear more about that uh, later on the national youth gathering this summer in 2019 So much to look forward to. But that's not the real story. You suck. You're terrible. You're a sinner. And you have a really hard time admitting it. Dealing with sin. And fleeing from it. You are not as strong as you think you are. You cannot do it on your own. You need help. More help than you're willing to admit. Here's the thing, though. As much as you struggle every hour, every minute, every second of every day, Jesus died for you. He loves you. He rose from the dead for you. He gave you the Holy Spirit, who has been at work in you since your baptism, which is 36 years ago. You turn away, he pulls you back. You run, he chases you. He never leaves you or forsakes you. You can overcome this. You can overcome your deepest, darkest struggles. Even the ones you're not willing to admit to anyone else. Especially those. Especially those. When you are weak, Then he is strong, and that's all the time. I believe in you, but my faith isn't in you. It's in Christ, because he can do and has done all things for you. Amen. And now the peace of God, which passes all understanding, guard your hearts and minds in Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. Amen.